0: Welcome to Tribe Talk's exclusive podcast series in which we talk over multiple episodes with Dr. Daniel Gordas about the heart and soul of Israel. As expressed through its history, culture, diverse and vibrant populations and its innovations, each 20-minute episode provides a deep understanding of Israel's complexities from the birth of Zionism to the present day. Dr. Gordas, Senior Vice President and Corette Distinguished Fellow at Shalem College in Israel, is the author of more than 10 books and is a widely read columnist in Israel and American media. Tribetalk.org is an information and resource hub for Jewish young adults. It's uniquely designed to give students the tools they need to wisely choose colleges and to address anti-semitism and feel empowered in their Jewish identity from before they go off to college and through their college years and beyond. And now, Dr. Gordis.
1: In this last segment of our overview of the history of Zionism and the creation of the State of Israel and the history of the State of Israel, just want to end by asking a question about a ticking clock. And I want to ask is the clock really ticking away from the possibility of a two state solution? And is the clock ticking away from a meaningful relationship between American Jews and Israel? On the two-state solution, we've said a lot about it, which I won't repeat here, except to say that I think yes and no. The clock is ticking. And more and more, as time goes by, more and more Israelis are coming of age who've never seen a meaningful peace process. They don't remember the days of Israelis and Palestinians reaching out to each other, and therefore they're growing up in a world in which it kind of sounds like a fairy tale. tale. And And more and more, therefore, those are people that say, look, this actually, it's not a great situation, but actually the status quo is tenable. Everybody says the status quo is not tenable, but it is. There'll occasionally be eruptions and the international community will go this or that, but until the Palestinians are actually willing to say in Arabic to each other, that we accept the creation and the existence of a Jewish state here, there's really nothing to talk about, and yeah, maybe the clock is actually running out on the two-state solution. I'll just point out that in 2005, when Ariel Sharon pulled Israel out of the Gaza Strip, Israel had built pretty significant settlements there, and we bulldozed them all. It's an important reminder that building a settlement here or there in the West Bank, which may be a good idea, may be a terribly stupid idea, not coming out in favor or against. I'm just saying settlements can be destroyed. It's a stupid waste of money if you think you're going to destroy it to build it in the first place. But for people to say, if we build a settlement here or we expand that settlement there, then for sure we've ruled out the possibility of Palestinians taking control of this land. That's not true. Look at Gaza. So do I think the the clock is running down? I think the clock is running down to a certain extent, but I'm at least more optimistic than many people are. I think the idea of a single-state solution is ludicrous. There's no way, given this whole history that we've described, that Israelis and Arabs are going to be able to share a state. That is never happening as far as the eye can see. So therefore, as someone who does not want to control Palestinians and who doesn't want my grandchildren to have to go to the army, even though all of my children did, uh, I still hold out some hope that the world might change enough that one day, it's not going to happen anytime soon, that one day the the situation might be more fertile for a serious conversation about a two-state solution. And I actually agree with those commanders for Israel's security, which we talked about in the previous segment, who say what Israel should do now is to do nothing that would preclude the possibility of such an arrangement in the future. That does not mean that we should pull out of the West Bank they say right now. It just means we shouldn't expand our presence in the West Bank more than it is already existing so that in the future, if we want to to build an arrangement with them, there's much less that we have to destroy many fewer people that we have to take out. Now, of course, that's much more controversial in the American Jewish community than it is in the Israel Jewish community. And I was gonna to to point out one thing since we're having this conversation in the middle of the summer of 2020 where there are lots of protests in America, but also lots of protests in Israel. The streets are filled with tens of thousands of anti-Netanyahu protesters week after week now in Israel, in Jerusalem and in Tel Aviv. And they're holding up sorts of, all sorts of signs that Netanyahu is corrupt, that Netanyahu shouldn't be prime minister for so many terms, there should be term limits, that Netanyahu is mishandling the coronavirus uh, uh, crisis, that Netanyahu is doing this, Netanyahu is doing that. You do not see basically any signs about the peace process. It's astounding. There are tens and tens of thousands of Israel's most liberal voters out on the street, and they're talking about economics, they're talking about a health crisis, they're talking about corruption, and they're not talking about the peace process. That's not because they don't care about a peace process. It's not because they don't want peace with the Palestinians. It's just because Israelis who live here, even on the left, understand that at the moment, there's simply nothing to talk about. And that's why when they look across the ocean and they see young American progressives with the best of intentions, holding up signs that say, end the occupation, They ask themselves, do they know anything? 37, 47, 67, 2000, 2007. Do they know anything about any of this? Do they know anything about what's been tried? Do they know anything about what's happened after we tried? Do they know why Oslo died? Do they have any sense of what this place has been about? And Israelis have a sense, actually, that the conversations about Israel are being held without a tremendous amount of knowledge, which was exactly why we decided to do this project. So that people, wherever they are on the political spectrum, can at least relatively quickly learn the history of the state of Israel. And what I would beg is, the first thing is, whatever position one wants to articulate about Israel, that's basically fine. But have that position based on an intimate knowledge, or at least a beginner's knowledge, of what the history of this region is all about. Holding up a sign that says, end the occupation, is like holding up a sign that says, end taxes. How are you going to pay for stuff if you end taxes? And how are you gonna keep Israelis safe if you end the occupation? And if one doesn't have an answer to those two questions, then you can't say end taxes, and you actually can't say end the occupation, I think at least in a morally legitimate kind of way. I mean, the only other thing that I would say about the very complicated and sometimes very heated conversations that we have about Israel in North America, and especially on North American campuses, is let's hold Israel accountable to exactly the same standards that we hold other countries accountable to. So people will say, you know what? They never told me that there were people there when the Jews started landing in Palestine. They're right about that. They weren't told and they should have been told. And we did not do a good job as an American Jewish community of teaching about Israel and Zionism for tens and tens of years. I think we didn't do it right. There were people in Palestine when the Zionists started coming and that's why in this series we've talked about that and we've talked about what happened to them and how painful that was. But there were also people in America when the Europeans first came to America's shores. Does anybody say America has no right to exist? Does anyone say that because there was a native population in America, America is an illegitimate country, I can't be an American patriot and be a moral human being? Nobody says that. And there are all sorts of countries that hold millions and millions of people in all sorts of camps, like China with Muslims and all sorts of places. People don't talk about that. They talk about what happens in an instance when one Palestinian gets killed at one Israeli checkpoint. That's a horrible thing. That should never happen. That is a human tragedy. But I think Israelis will be much more willing to have a conversation about that, and especially about that with American Jews, when they see American Jews holding North Korea and Russia and India and the United States and Canada and France and Germany and England accountable to exactly the same standards that they want to hold Israel accountable to. And as long as it is the case, which it is, that nobody holds those other countries accountable to the same standards, I think what we're losing is goodwill on both sides. American Jews are are, are losing patience with Israel, in large measure, I think, because they don't know a lot about the conflict, and in large measure because they may just disagree, which is totally legitimate. And Israelis are losing patience with American Jews because they see American Jews criticizing them knowing very little about the conflict and holding Israel accountable to standards that they don't hold any other country accountable for. As an American Jew who now lives in Israel, as somebody who holds passports to both of those countries, both of these communities are really very important to me. And as an Israeli, I think, to look at Israel as being only the country of the people who are Israeli citizens and say that other people, even if they're Jewish, they don't matter to us, I think that's a huge mistake. Bibi Netanyahu, by the way, says exactly that. He says openly, fairly openly, The American Jewish community is 70% Democratic. The Democratic Party is moving away from Israel. There's nothing that I can do that will not endanger Israel's security that is going to make American Jews happy. They're going to always complain. They're going to always say that they're rolling up their sleeves and walking away or they're taking their toys and walking away, whatever metaphor you want to use. And he says, I can't win their approval because nothing that I can do will be good enough for them. I can't get out of the West Bank now, it's not happening, and nothing less than that is gonna appease them. And therefore he says, I think this is very foolish, but he says, and you know what, I don't even need them, because there's five million American Jews, there's somewhere around 90 million evangelical Christians. The evangelical Christians care about Israel. And even if it's sliding a little bit in the younger generation, the evangelical vote will do the work that I need in Congress. I just don't need this community. Now, I believe that the reason that Bibi Netanyahu's view on that particular issue is terribly mistaken and short-sighted is because what makes Israel an extraordinary country is that it's not just the country of Israeli citizens. It's the country of Israeli citizens, but also the country of the Jewish people. It's the country of Israeli citizens, whether they're Jewish or Muslim or Christian, and it's a country of the Jewish people all over the world, whether they plan to live here or not. They do have a stake in this country because what this country does will have something to do with how they see themselves as Jews. Because what this country does will have something to do with whether or not they can one day find refuge here if they or their children or their grandchildren will need it. What this country does will have a huge impact on how Judaism as a religion and a culture develops, which of course is going to be incredibly important for Jews no matter where they live in the world. So I personally believe that the relationship between Israeli Jews and American Jews is critically important and that what both sides have to do is step back away from the abyss. Israeli Jews have to stop saying we don't need them because you don't need them for congressional aid. You don't need them only on Capitol Hill, though it's a huge benefit, don't get me wrong. You need them because they're part of this project. You need them because this state is the project of a people, not only the project of its citizens. And the minute we start saying we don't need them, we don't care about them, it changes the very essence of what Israel is. But American Jews, I think, should also step back from the brink. Ask themselves, am I holding Israel accountable to the same standards that I hold every other country accountable for? If I say something like, end the occupation, do I know how the occupation started? Do I know all the attempts that were made to have the occupation ended? And if the answer to that is no, then I think the very first responsible step before one forms an opinion is to say that I want to learn. And that's why we've created this series. We wanted to give people who are intelligent and thoughtful and have some time to give to the project an understanding of what it was that Zionism was, where Zionism came from, how did Zionism come to create a state? And how did that state from 1948 develop to what it is now? And how did that state that state save the Jewish people? That's what I believe the state of Israel has done in the last 72 or 73 years. And regardless of what any political positions anyone has might be, I hope that everyone will eventually get the ability to take a step back to understand what an extraordinary accomplishment the state is, even with all of its extraordinary imperfections at the same time, what an extraordinary accomplishment the state is, almost to the level of being miraculous, and how much the state of Israel has done to save the Jewish people.
0: Thank you for joining us. We encourage you to listen to the next podcast in this series with Dr. Gordas and remind you to visit our website, tribetalk.org for more resources.